Hello, you're listening to the Ambition Podcast. I'm Ellen Buchan, Insights and Communications Executive at AMBA and BGA. In this podcast, I speak to Stefano Maifrini, who is the founder of Accelerate. We spoke about how he came about starting his own organisation, some of the keys to successful innovation, and the future trends he sees as being important in business. Here's that conversation. Thank you so much for being on the podcast today. Can you tell me a little bit about yourself and your career, please? Uh, sure. Thank you, Alan, for, for having me and uh, uh, good afternoon. Um, so, yeah, I define myself as an engineer by education, uh, a product manager by role and a growth expert by career. Uh, I graduated uh, in Italy some time ago. Uh, I have a background in B2B tech, uh, mainly in the telco industry, where I pioneered the software as a service model. And after the excitement of the early notice, uh, I learned basically to achieve growth with uh, very scarce resources. Everything was uh, now uh, to be done with, with a little budget. Um, being uh, by nature action and, and delivery focused, very data driven, I would say maybe a bit of an efficiency geek <laughs> uh, with an entrepreneurial spirit. I decided a few years ago to follow my passion. And so I launched Accelerate uh, that helped me uh, work with small businesses and uh, and startup in technology intensive and innovative industries such as IT and cloud management, technology manufacturing, manufacturing drones, uh, IoT insure fintech, or maybe the coolest project that was in immersive theater. So really, a quite a, a wide range of of experience. That sounds so interesting. You mentioned you founded your company Accelerate. Can you tell me a little bit more about what the organization does and maybe a bit about what inspired you to set up the organization? Sure, sure. Um, uh, so basically, the, the the real the real point is that running uh, a small business, whether uh, an SME or, or a startup, uh, brings, of course, unique challenges, right? So your world moves fast, resources such as time, skills, people are always uh, scarce. I, I joke uh, saying that uh, now when a butterfly flaps its wing in sales and tornado sweeps uh, operations. <laughs> uh, and it doesn't really have to be like this. I'm really generally convinced about, about, about this, that uh, basically simple changes can save um, the founders, the CEO from the pain of running the business and, and leave only the, the enjoyment. So that's exactly uh, now one of the reasons why I founded Accelerate uh, is to uh, interconnect thoughts and actions, adopt a very down-to-earth approach and, and uh, um, uh, achievement-oriented, and uh, while doing this, uh, leaving space for learning and, uh, and adaptation. I um, uh, in one line, uh, I say that we activate the strategy of tech B2B small businesses to give that idea that it's not all about thinking, that thinking is important, but action uh, without thought or thought without action uh, make, makes no sense. Uh, so in terms of services that we offer, broadly speaking, uh, if you are the CEO of a small B2B business, maybe experiencing a flatline result, uh, accelerate flex COO as in chief operating officer, uh, help you achieve focus and sustainable growth and bring your business back on track. On the other hand, uh, accelerate flex CEO, chief commercial officer, helps the founders of B2B startups gain a position and retain that position in the market and deliver upon investor expectations from uh, uh, post seed 
to Series A. So that's that's a bit uh, what what we do. We are we, we think we are a SME specialist. We are an SME ourselves. So we we I think we are well positioned to understand the the the, the pains and 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 all the peaks and troughs uh, of of CEOs and founders. Sounds really exciting. What made you choose to work with small businesses and startups? Uh, yeah, well, this is a this is a, an interesting question that links also to you know, uh, maybe the 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 MBA world. Uh, so I think I think today small businesses uh, find themselves in in between uh, how do you say a rock and a hard place. So on on one hand they need to buy services, right? So and uh, when they buy services from a large corporate, uh, of course everyone looks at, at the SME market as a very interesting market because not most of the companies in any country uh, are probably small, uh, but they are so small, yeah, right, that makes it difficult to or, or not work, maybe in the eye of a large or, or a large company, to individually serve them. So uh, as a result, there is no intimacy, uh, the, the, the challenges of small businesses are not understood, and maybe uh, at times they're also looked down a bit as someone who cannot afford or deserve uh, services of quality. Uh, and the situation doesn't change really if you consider smaller providers that, that serve the SME uh, segment. Uh, now there's a whole industry of consultants who, in my view, are ill-equipped to advise small businesses, and that's why all the reason one of the reasons why I don't like to call myself a consultant because uh, there, there are negative kind of uh, stereotypes around it. Uh, but the point is that most of them, many of them, uh, they sell something uh, in, in a very short-termistic way. So they sell a strategy analysis and the presentation. Uh, I'm, I'm not saying that, that that analysis is wrong or the presentation is, is bad, actually. In most cases, is perfect. But then they go and they leave the burden of execution to the uh, client. Uh, they sell a loan, they sell some training, but then the, the story is the same. They disappear and leave behind maybe a huge bill and that burden of execution to to to, to the small business. So I, I, I joke that now this is a kind of advice bill and run uh, business model. Uh, we, we have uh, let's say a, a different approach. I, I don't want now to, to pitch accelerate, uh, but the, the real, now the, the, the important thing is that uh, at times, what I found uh, in small businesses is that they are kind of disengaged. So, uh, no, they don't look at uh, large companies as a model because they just look at them as bureaucracies. While I think there is a limit, you know, if with the right experience, the right approach, you can bring operational discipline without becoming bureaucracy. And of course, they look at this uh, no, MBA type consultant and someone who brings very no, fluffy um, frameworks, uh, high-level statements. Uh, uh, they are very expensive and not uh, and not focused on uh, on result. And so this is exactly where you know, the other the other why, if you want, of, of accelerate stands is about uh, bridging that gaps, uh, those gaps. So in terms of uh, those the operational discipline of the large corporate, as I said, but also to take the framework and maybe make it now in, in bite size and make them available to small businesses. And I think that there is a kind of cultural uh, knowledge gap that at times looks insurmountable, but I think that's exactly the space that, uh, that uh, where, we, where, we, where we act and where we can uh, add value. What advice would you give for maybe an MBA student who wants to start up their own organization? 
think well about it. <laughs> think twice. <laughs> uh, no, apart, apart from that, it's uh, there is uh, there is uh, now when you when you attend an MBA, uh, there is a kind of push on one hand towards finance and consulting. No, that's probably a typical path. But in the in most recent uh, years. Uh, there is a huge push uh, for entrepreneurship and startups and and all that. Uh, so I think uh, I think uh, uh, I was half joking really when I said think think well about it because of course uh, you need uh, to um, have the right business um, landscape, the right personal landscape. Yeah. So in in my case, uh, for example, I had a couple of wake up calls. Uh, from a personal perspective, but also from a professional perspective, uh, and uh, and uh, but it was also the right time, and uh, and uh, I I couldn't do this without discussing, not a bit uh, a bit of cash flow, making a bit of cash flow cash flow analysis with my major stakeholders, i.e. my wife, right? So we had a, a very young family at the time, so it was uh, it was important to have that discussion. So so really, uh, it's about uh, uh, doing the the step. At the right time, don't rush through it, um, and uh, don't feel that you have—I don't know—need to solve the problem of the world immediately. You know, the, the day after the MBA, so take your time because changes will happen. Uh, if someone starts an MBA, it's already—you know—they are already on that path, on that change path. But uh, don't rush through it, and don't push yourself into a kind of self-expectation where the day after the MBA you need to be either the super consultant, the strategy vice president, or the the entrepreneur founding a unicorn. Yeah, so uh, it's really uh, about pondering that uh, that step uh, uh, with the knowledge, with the awareness that you have all the tools uh, to to make it at the end to have success. You started your business after doing an MBA. And I'm wondering how your own advice applies to you. How did you kind of come up with the idea and um, how did the MBA inform your founding of Accelerate? When I, while I was attending the MBA, of course, when you attend an MBA, you are exposed to all these new things, right? You, you discover there is a, a world outside whatever you, you, were, you were doing. Uh, and uh, I kind of... Uh, enter the MBA with clear ideas. I wanted to become the chief marketing officer of a, a telecom company, which I found absolutely boring today. <laughs> um, uh, but of course, then <clears throat> your ideas get challenged, challenged during the MBA. Uh, and and uh, at some point, I was really confused. I wasn't really uh, focusing on what, on what I wanted to do. So I said, okay, I will uh, choose, for example, my electives. No? I will change my curriculum within the, the, the MBA. Uh, doing what I like. <laughs> no? uh, and that was entrepreneurship and strategy. So I wasn't into finance. I didn't want to, to, to get into that. I didn't want to get into you know, the traditional management consulting world. I didn't feel really, um, I had a, a, an entrepreneurial spirit. I didn't feel that at the time. Um, but uh, no, uh, I, I just, uh, I, I was working with this uh, this idea of, of, of change and uh, um, things were not going very well uh, at, at the time. I was very stressed on, on, on the job. I really felt you know, the, the, the drive to, to change. So I started working uh, outside my, my day job with uh, uh, a startup founded by another alumnus uh, of the of the London Business School. I, I did the MBA there. Uh, and uh, I also started working with a small business uh, 
a family business of, of a friend. Uh, and so I kind of kept that door open. Uh, I was more a kind of research. Now I knew that I wanted to change. I didn't see my future in a large corporation. Uh, I wasn't sure uh, not where, where to go. I probably wasn't even credible as a candidate, right? Because I had been working at that time always in a very large corporation. So what who was I to want to go and become, I don't know, the chief sounding officer of a small business with without experience in a small business. Uh, but uh, yeah, so for a couple of years, I kind of lived with this uh, ambiguity and, uh, and uh, uh, till I had this uh, uh, no, uh, personal wake up calls. One was good really, and it was the, 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 the birth of my daughter. And one was bad. So basically a friend passed away suddenly and he was very happy uh, about his life, about his job. And, uh, and I felt like, uh, uh, you know, if that would, uh, would have happened to me, I would, uh, I would have died as unhappy. <laughs> so I said, okay, I, I can't do that. It's time to, uh, to do this, uh, this, uh, this step. Let's see what I can do. So that friend, that small business, that family business, it, it's now my largest client. And uh, and uh, so I decided to basically focus on that space of small businesses with a bit of vested interest, I, I must confess, because coming from a corporation, uh, you know, I always felt as like a drop in the ocean. I couldn't really have impact, while in the small businesses, for bad or for good, yeah, uh, it's uh, it's something. One thing that you can is really you can impact in whatever you do, and so yeah, uh, it's uh, it's uh, I've done this, and I have I have to say in terms of how the MBA helped all these, uh, of course, was a catalyst of this change of this uh, kind of thought process of this journey, and uh, gave me the confidence to to make it at the end to make that jump. Yeah, plus of course in London in the UK it's probably very. Uh, no, it may be e- e- easier to to be uh, an entrepreneur compared to other uh, to other places, uh, and so yeah, so I decided just to to do it. But I had again a soft landing, so I started with a, with a client already. So so uh, and and with a clear discussion with my with my wife. That is such an inspiring story. Um, but you must hear lots of inspiring stories from entrepreneurs that you work with. Um, do you think there's any? kind of common characteristics that you see in entrepreneurs that maybe help them successfully start up their businesses? Uh, yeah, I would say, I would say those, uh, those entrepreneurs who I think will succeed, that they always have a strong drive and a strong, they're purpose-driven, I would say. Whatever they are doing, yeah, they they don't. Uh, if, if you want, they don't launch a business just with their brain, but also a lot with their heart. Yeah, so uh, I can give you, a, you know, some examples in in fintech, right? So uh, there, there was uh, there was this startup in in Birmingham. It was about uh, uh, basically um, easing the payment of small suppliers. And when I asked the, the CEO why he had this idea, CEO and founder, he just said, oh, yeah, because I spotted the business opportunity, blah, blah, blah. So he gave me a very brain-driven answer. But then I said, listen, I'm not investing in your business. So tell me the truth. <laughs> uh, and he went on and on talking about how he thought no, that cash was so important for the economy of, uh, of any country uh, and uh, about uh, not paying on time, especially small businesses. And so he basically opened up and told me what 
he was you know his real why what is what was his mission and that business was just uh, if you want a, a mean to a, to 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 a bigger end so i think uh, this is a quite a quite a common trait whether you are yeah in fintech doing uh, trade finance and i'm i'm working with a with a with a with a client doing doing that as well so they now the, the the real reason of that they want people to trade wherever they are in the world as they were neighbor that's great that's wonderful uh, or whether you are a manufacturer uh, in in italy expanding all over the world wanting to you know keep that uh, uh, personalization and tailoring of 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 sensors in in a in in a world of of commodity so i think that's that's really what uh, what all these people have have in common that is uh, is uh, um, well, they are on a journey they are on on a path to something bigger now you can uh, no uh, there's no right or wrong in that but uh, and so their business is a way for them to achieve to 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 achieve that not bigger objective clearly you think that purpose is one of the kind of keys to successful innovation do you have any other thoughts on what are there some of the key parts of innovation uh, yeah i think i think innovation uh, no uh, could be could be anything anything small or big you know innovation for me it's not just uh, uh, no something that changes the industry no? uh, but uh, now whatever whatever type of innovation you you um, you think about i think you need to have the right uh, environment the right culture uh, fostering that that innovation. So I read recently an article on uh, Harvard Business Review. Uh, was actually about uh, about this. So is it true that innovative uh, no, uh, companies are those where you play tennis table in the break or, or have free coffee? Right. So it's it's not about that. It's much more. And uh, I, I jotted down. Now there are four four points which I actually took and I'm trying to translate. I'm I'm helping. Uh, a client setting up an innovation team, uh, and so it's it's about uh, tolerating failure, but not tolerating incompetence. So each of these has always two sides, right? Tolerating failure is usually what people say, but you should not tolerate incompetence. Yeah, you need to be willing, not willing to experiment, but of course you need to be highly disciplined when you do that. Unless you are a large company, right? If you, if you are small, resources are always scarce. Uh, that's another another one I like is psychologically safe. We we need to express ourselves, but at the same time, we need to be and to accept others to be brutally candid. So accept uh, no um, brutal feedback as long as they are honest. Yeah, and then of course collaboration. Collaboration uh, doesn't mean that there is no individual accountability. So it's really balancing these these four things, and this is a uh, this is where. Uh, I think uh, um, how you can create an environment where uh, really innovation can flourish. What about currently? Have you seen any kind of organization using those key parts of innovation to manage to successfully kind of guide themselves through the challenges that COVID-19 has brought? For me, the uh, if you want the, the lockdown last year, so in, well, currently, and so... <laughs> Uh, somehow, okay. uh, let's say the, the, the pandemic has been uh, for me a a um, uh, made me kind of focus a lot on uh, one of my clients at that time, um, and uh, uh, because of course I was juggling with homeschooling and all all that, uh, and uh, in uh, at that time, uh, um, so it's uh, it's um, it's my manufacturing client, and they start having a shock, a supply shock. 
because you know, the, the pandemic started in China and that that wave moved uh, westbound to uh, Europe and the Americas. These were all you now the demand shock because they were set basically some of the products or the raw material they, they, they purchase in China and they sell in, in, in Europe and the Americas. Uh, and, uh, and of course, I think they have that those foundations, you know, those, those four principles. Uh, maybe they are not explicit, uh, but, uh, but the culture is there. And uh, being small, also uh, the, the time to uh, uh, put in practice whatever you decide is very short. So for example, they were ready for with smart working before the government uh, instructed them to 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 do so. Uh, and uh, and so there were a number of small improvements that they did. And one of one of the probably most significant is small but very significant for them is a collaboration with the UCL here in London. Uh, this is a small manufacturer based in Italy. Hmm? That's that's the other the other thing. So I kind of bridged that. That gap, uh, but but uh, they managed to uh, to have a couple of students uh, doing a, um, a building a tool based on AI, you know, uh, artificial intelligence, machine learning to predict churn, and these these helped them a lot because of course in that uh, in that environment uh, in that in that period they they had to uh, to look really closely at each and every client, and that was a. Uh, was quite an important uh, um, uh, an important tool. So again, it's not a kind of revolutionary type of innovation, uh, more evolutionary maybe, but uh, it was a small thing that uh, kind of uh, flourished in that environment where, despite uh, all the difficulties they they had, uh, they could uh, they could implement something new. And at the end, last year they grew eight percent. So that was was great. Well, it's really impressive to grow a business um, bring up the pandemic. It's, um, it's amazing. Yes, yes. Um, so I'd be really interested to hear from you your thoughts on what you think that business schools should be teaching to kind of create the entrepreneurial mindset. Because you've done your MBA, you seem to work with MBAs and you also seem to work with business schools. So you, we've probably someone who has a lot of insight on this. Uh, you make me feel old, Ma. When I say the next generation, <laughs> uh, but uh, the point is, the point is, now we we are going. If you look at the the, the mega trends, I don't want to get into that. But now we will live till one hundred plus. Uh, everything will be automated, robots, digital workforce, and so on. People will have the op- the, the, the the opportunity, if not the need, to work from anywhere. Yeah, that's a major shift. Uh, more and more, they will be purpose driven. So uh, of course there is a, there is a whole thing. You know, imagine imagine managing as a, as a manager as, as a leader this kind of environment. So that's uh, that's something you know, uh, that that business school somehow should uh, should uh, teach. Or if you want, um, uh, the, the the leaders of the future or the leaders of the present and the future are those who are able to learn continuously uh, and uh, and I would say I would say if I can if I can add I think it's uh, it's really uh, if I if I look back at my MBA everything was about large businesses now you have all these uh, uh, case studies that start with uh, no Mr or Mrs X was uh, 
um, thinking, pondering the future, looking uh, to the horizon in air, like a corner office on the 110th floor of blah, blah, blah. Uh, but, uh, but I think, uh, I think uh, apart from specific courses that were focused on small businesses, uh, there was there wasn't really much. Now, the times has passed, of course, business schools have made much progress on that on that front. But I, I think that working more with small businesses uh, makes people uh, and students really have a sense of kind of the, the real world where you really, you really, and I'm not necessarily thinking about startups, could be also small businesses, yeah, where you, you really day in, day out need to decide what not to do. Uh, resources are always scarce. If there, there is money, there are no people. If there are people, they, they don't have the right skills and so on and so forth. You're always juggling with something. And, uh, and that, uh, for me, is a, is a, is a gym. Uh, kind of really, really, you know, if I, if I um, ever, ever come back in a, in, a larger, in a larger company, I will put all that, uh, you know, all what I learned that in, in, in practice. So I think that's, uh, uh, so, so to, to, to sum up, I would say two points. One is, be ready to manage a workforce which will be you know, very different in, in the future. And two, uh, have some experience with small businesses because that gives you really the, the um, uh, it's like being in, on the first line where you need to uh, solve problem yourself. You cannot rely on a larger organization. You kind of said you weren't going to talk about the kind of future trends, but I'm going to be cheeky and ask you anyway, because you must be sure your like ear to the ground of these things working with startups um and yes my last question is what technologies are you particularly interested currently for the future sure well i i mentioned uh, artificial intelligence and machine learning uh and uh and after so many years i realized that my dissertation when i graduated in, in engineering was actually uh, on uh, supervised machine learning uh, that it wasn't called that that way at that time uh, but of course but of course I, I I must confess I also used to code in the past I I, I tried to learn a bit of Python uh, but of course I cannot not do do much so but I think you need to know a bit of thing of these things if you want to then manage maybe tomorrow a project or a team doing that uh, and of course not uh, ml and AI uh, per se. Uh, what are the impact or the use in the industry 4.0, for example, in fintech? Uh, no, these are more or less my uh, the, the areas where where, where, I'm, where where I'm working at the moment. Uh, what is the, the 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 its use in marketing? Uh, no, and uh, and uh, that's also the other. Uh, the other the other world I'm, I'm always kind of researching in terms of uh, martech uh, marketing technology and all what uh, what can really add value to small businesses uh, and apart from technologies I'm also I don't know I, I didn't stop learning really and studying uh, so I my uh, I'm kind of customer obsessed uh, so I I always find uh, I try to find uh, frameworks or, or, or methodologies that put the customer at the center. And for me, in marketing, that's about uh, talking about buyer persona, if you if you heard about them. In product is uh, jobs to be done or design thinking. And in operation is Lean Six Sigma. So I'm also kind of uh, trying to, to learn things in these, in these areas. Sounds like you're a busy man trying to learn all these things. I am. <laughs> well, thank you so much for talking to me today. It's been so interesting. Thank you. 
Thank you so much to Stefano for being on the podcast today and for giving such an inspiring interview. If you'd like more about leadership, head to www.associationofmbas.com forward slash ambition and make sure to listen out for the next Ambition podcast published every Wednesday.